All right, well, hello again and welcome back. Thanks again for checking us out. Got a super exciting show today, but before we dive in there, if you like what you're here today, go over and give us a rating and review. Go to either on YouTube or any of the podcast platforms you're listening to. It doesn't have to be five stars. We just want to hear what you like, hear what you're doing, hear what you're about, and hear what we can bring to you today. But today we got Kyle Marcotte on the show. Hey, Kyle, how you doing? Good. How are you, man? Doing great. And Kyle Marcotte is 21 years old and he's a multifamily syndicator. So there's a lot of people out there today saying, well, I don't know how to get started. Well, Kyle got started. He's 21. And while still a student at UC Davis, Kyle was able to syndicate two multifamily apartment buildings, which is just nuts. Two deals totaled 119 units and valued at over $5.5 million. Wow, man. That's awesome. So congrats. Thank you, man. <laughs> so let's, let's talk. Were, were you always out there just taking and seizing opportunity from an early age? Um, that's a great question. To be honest, uh, I don't really think I was. I was obsessed with soccer, and I ended up riding that all the way to Division One scholarship at UC Davis where I was studying and doing all this stuff. But uh, to be honest, man, I was, I've always been obsessive, but I think I've been obsessive with the wrong things. You know, for a while as a teenager, you get obsessed with the wrong things, you know, whether that's girls or parties or whatever it is. And sure. I think that, you know, as I've gotten older, I've, I've realized that that obsession isn't necessarily a bad trait. It's just being misused. And if I can, you know, direct that and angle it towards something that's going to benefit me instead of hurt me, then it's going to actually be one of my, base, my uh, greatest strengths. Yeah, I love that. As, as I've gotten older, and I, a lot of us appreciate that comment from you. So thank you very much. <laughs> so you're in college, you say, I'm going to buy apartment buildings. Where did you first hear about it? Was someone around you doing it? Where, where did this concept come about that you said, yeah, that's it. I'm diving in. Yeah. So I, I kind of found it through Rich Dad Poor Dad. I had no experience or really any background in finance or anything like that. I grew up kind of lower middle class. My dad cleaned pools and my mom's a yoga teacher. So no like financial literacy really in the family at all. When we make it, we spend it. That's kind of my childhood. So I always just kind of saw how hard they worked and realized like, man, there's got to be a better way to do this because grinding this, you know, physical labor job like 24 seven, like my parents work harder than most people, but the thing is they just don't make any money. And that's, and I started to realize like, there has to be a system to this. There has to be a better way. I'm definitely missing some information. Um, and then I read Rich Dad Porter at like the perfect time where I was a burnout pre-medical student while trying to play division one soccer um, and, and just really putting in the work, but feeling like just not on purpose and feeling like not really enjoying any of this. So found Rich Dad Porter Dad and it, it kind of put words to all the emotions I was feeling. And I started to realize, wow, there's a whole nother, like there's a veil here that I'm just got to look behind. And, and it's actually, you know, you can create passive income and, and things like that. So I started, um, wholesaling houses around um, my college. And then I realized, again, I'd given myself another job. So I, I've quickly tried to look at some of the real estate forms that would allow me to have more passive income and be a little bit more scalable. Um, and then I dove in and found uh, multifamily through Jake and Gino's education group. And um, they kind of taught me the ropes on how to, how, how actually this scales so well that you can have a property manager managing the entire building. Like for example, my 107 unit um, that I have some partners on basically I spend, you know, very few hours a week managing that entire thing because we have on-site property management, which is just something you can't get with other industries. Isn't that remarkable that you get yeah, 112 units and, and really just putting in the right time to allow people to manage it and just having the oversee of just how the operation is actually functioning. So it's a huge congrats, man. So you have 107 unit and I, I figured the other one's a 12 unit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Which came first? Uh, the 107 actually came first. Wow. Um, 
Yeah. So I did that with a partner from the Jake and Gino group. His name's Eli. And he uh, helped with a lot of the underwriting and taught me a lot about the analytics of real estate. Mm -hmm. And I was just raising capital, working my butt off in the Bay area where I was going to school, became a speaker at uh, Neil Bowes meetup in Sacramento. Uh, after, you know, just doing the check-in for several months, I, I became like, you know, I showed up, I was a cute kid and then I brought some friends and then I was just still a cute kid. And then I was like, Hey, can I do some sign in? And they were like, okay, you can help us out. Cute, cute little guy. And then, you know, six months later, you keep putting in the work, you keep showing up and you keep asking good questions. And then I just said, Hey, can I speak on stage? You know, just 10, 15 minutes, tell people about multifamily. And, uh, it kind of got me into more of an expert role. As soon as you step on the stage and you're holding the mic, you're no longer the cute 20 year old kid who's, who's always oh, trying so hard. Now you're like somehow an expert, which is uh, something that taught me a huge lesson. And I started to kind of play on that and keep working hard and keep trying to position myself as an expert. And, and then, you know, people took a big chance on me and invested in these two deals and, and it's just really been uh, a blessed experience. You know, and that's awesome. And so the Jake and Gino's and, and Neil Bawa, they're great. They've been on the show. You go back and check out prior episodes. We love what they're about. And just talking that you went out there to find investors for these deals. You're, here you are, you're, you're 21 and you're, and you're now raising big money to go, go forward to these apartments. How did that talk track go when you're talking to investors? That's such an, because there, there becomes a point where people have a hard time getting over that point because they feel like they're asking for money. And there, there's usually two points. One, they come from similar backgrounds like you and I, where, where they've never had money around them. So this, this is foreign or they're young or they just don't want to feel like they're needy. So talk to us about your talk track, how you put together really this brand representation. I mean, especially for you just getting up and really just building your, your brand ambassador by just getting on stage and talking. Yeah. So the, my, my kind of pitch to people, I guess, is that I'm, I'm extremely honest and transparent. I let them know like, Hey, you know, you know, this too, I'm 20, right? Like, I don't know what I don't know at 20. You really have no perspective. Um, I try to have as much as I can, but obviously, man, like it's hard for me to even look 10 years in the future because 10 years ago I was 11. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's definitely hard for me to have perspective. And I understand that. And I come at those conversations saying like, these are my weaknesses, right? I'm young. I don't have perspective. I'm trying to gain it. Sure. But uh, at the current moment, I don't. But if you put this, um, if you take a risk with me, I will pay this off. I will work super hard. I will drive all the way out there. I'll stay up till 4am. You know, I'll do anything I need to do to make this happen. And I kind of sell the work ethic and they kind of see it in my, you can hear it when I'm talking, right? Like I just get passionate about this. I want this so bad. I want to change my family's life. I don't want to see my parents working manual labor till they're, you know, they're in the mid fifties now. They're not going to be able to retire if they if we keep on this path as a family. So it's like, I have to provide for my family in a sense. I have to put this on for my family. I have to follow this passion. So I'll do whatever it takes, you know, like it's really, I will put my heart and soul into any project that I, that I, especially if I'm taking your money, I'll put my heart and soul into it. And, uh, and that's really what it is, man. I don't try to lie or say that I'm this expert or that I'm, you know, that I got it all figured out. Right. I just tell people like, man, I will work really, really, really hard. You know, and you said two points right there. It's basically the, the do what you say and say what you do mentality. And that, that carries through. It's so important, right? And so you're not going to know the answers. I'm not going to know all the answers. But if you don't know an answer, that's fine. Just be honest with people and say, I don't know, but I'm going to find the answer and get back to you. And I'll follow back tomorrow. And tomorrow, if you don't have the answer, that's fine too. Just follow back and say, don't have the answer yet. I'm working on it. I'll follow back in a couple of days when I have that. And then just really changing the story, right? Changing your story, changing your outcome. There, we've all been in positions that, that are not ideal. And we've seen our family in positions that are not ideal. But someone has to break the chain. And 
whether it's you, I, or others, someone has to do it. So why not you? Why not myself? Why not us? Why don't we take that? And for people listening, that's all it takes. You just have to say, why not I? Because people are buying apartment buildings, doing real estate, doing everything you want to do today. And the only thing really stopping us is us. So I mean, that's huge. Congratulations on that. And I, I loved how you just said, hey, can I just go speak on stage, right? Because what's the worst they say? No. Exactly. That's it. What's the worst they yeah. say? No, or then try again next week. And then they might say yes again. Exactly. And, exactly. and on your point with, with, you know, putting in the time and effort, it's, it's what you're doing currently, if you're not doing this is equally as hard. Like it's not any harder. It's just a mindset shift, right? You're going to be working either way. You're either working on making excuses or you're working on actually taking the action. Both of them take really the same amount of energy. So it's just the switch in your mindset. That's great. And now you've done these two deals. What would have been some of the, the real key takeaways from these two deals so far? I think the, the number one key, like most tangible takeaway would be raise a lot more money than you think you need to raise because the, the, the soft to hard commitment ratio is like, you know, 50%, right? You usually get about half the people that drop out. And if you need to raise a million dollars, try to get 200, 2 million uh, committed because it's likely that that'll drop down to 1 million when the signing day comes, just because, you know, life happens, people get a little nervous. It's a lot of money to put out on the line. Um, so that's huge. But you can also do some things, I've realized this sense, um, to keep that 50% ratio a little bit closer, like a little bit higher, maybe towards like 90%, if you're actually going to be nurturing these people through the whole um, process. So what I, would, what I did the first time was I was like, hey, are you good to invest 50K or 100K? And then I just didn't talk to them again until 30 days later when it was time to sign. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, crap, I did say I was going to do that, right? Well, my wife, this, my kid, this, you know, it's like you got to every week or like even daily if you want to really like go for it say like, Hey man, just wanted to check up how you're doing. Things all good. You still feel good about the deal. Got any questions and mm -hmm. just kind of nurturing them. Hey, are you investing with an IRA? I have a, a custodian that I can link you with, et cetera. Like just making sure that you have everything uh, in line and these people feel like they're a part of the deal, that this is their deal to be a part of. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all group, group collective here. And you want the investors to be excited with the deal. And like you said, right. The first one you said, you know, basically out of sight, out of mind and people get busy with their lives and they move on. What you said is imperative here, because if you're getting close to the closing line and all of a sudden a person says, Oh, actually I want to use my IRA. Well, that's not a two day process, you know, to, to yeah. transfer over to self-direct IRA companies. So that could be three weeks, could be five weeks, depending on the provider. So being ahead of it, asking the questions and being the facilitator, that's how you keep your investors on board to the finish line, because they say, yeah, Kyle's here. He's, he's handheld me through this entire process. It's been super simple. And if he's been like this from the start, imagine how he's going to be like for once we're into the deal. And it's just mm -hmm. a huge part for it. So you've done that now. You've talked about that equity side. Talk to us about the properties. What's about these properties that you said, okay, these are the ones we're going after. Well, the 107 unit kind of stuck out like a sore thumb because they had a payroll of around 90 grand for an employee. And I believe that it was because he was a family or relative. Uh, the good, market right? average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so it was a charity case, like cousin kind of situation where the guy yeah. was just getting paid almost double the market uh, rate. So we were like, okay, day one, we're cutting like 40 grand off payroll, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, on a five to six cap, you know, that's quite a bit of money on value. And then we also saw that there was actually, it was actually 107 units, but we bought it at 106, right? So we thought, because the, there was actually a down unit that had a bunch of storage in it. It was fully plumbed. And all you had to do was basically just clean it up and then, you know, take the carpeting out and maybe put some laminate on the ground. But basically, uh, you know, we're buying it with 106 on the uh, underwriting and then boom, you get another unit, right? So it was just kind of like a pretty home run deal in a simple way. It was just kind of, you walk into it and there's already really, really obvious changes to make. Yeah, and that's super, right? So and that, what you said is getting on the additional unit, right? And if you buy the complex at, say, 
$35,000 a unit. You've just added $35,000 right there by finite unit. We've had the luck. Well, really, we've had the opportunity uh, three times now where we had a unit being used as an office. and We've been able to really peel that off, put that unit back online, and then use some ulterior uh, space for the new office, you know, laundry rooms, extra storage rooms. That right there just increases your value of your property tenfold. You do that, you know, at, at a ten cap even. That's another three hundred k right there in value. So huge wins for you. What, what are the plans for these? You syndicate the deals. What is the repositioning plan on the one hundred and seven? One hundred and seven. It's basically we've gotten it almost up to stabilized now. It's been about almost eight months to nine months, but um, oh, we're. Awesome. We're essentially just going to hold it five to seven years is, is the general range. Um, but, you know, there's been some refinance um, policies that have changed recently. So we're thinking about maybe looking into that because it used to be that you had to be stabilized for three years prior to a refi. And um, I recently heard that that's been changed a little bit. So we're going to think about the refi process and maybe pull out some cash for investors. Um, and then there's also uh, the potential of, you know, selling it early if we get a good offer. But right now it's just we're going to hold this five to seven years and then sell it in that in that window. Nice. Is that the, uh, the HUD refinance opportunity right there with a HUD? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. I saw that come out as well. So what's next? You've done so much. Here you go. You talked earlier before we got on about really just 10, 10 X in your brand and really just your business. Where do we go now? Right now I want to get more and more people to know who I am because really obscurity is the issue with my business right now. It's not, um, I, I know how to do this or I know to the best of my ability at the moment, I, I really know, like I can, I know I can perform for investors. Right. So it's just, I need to get more investors and also more people to just know who I am so that I can potentially start, you know, some sort of a content, um, marketing situation where people come to me for education and we can do, you know, I can inspire people to take action in this business too. But, but number one is investors. And that's where, you know, I was doing the whole, let's post on LinkedIn once a day, or let's post on Facebook once a day. And then I'm, you know, I'm reading this book uh, by Grant Cardone. Many people don't like him, but, and I really didn't like him until I read this book, but uh, now I kind of, I definitely admire the guy, but basically he was like, dude, what are you doing? One, if you want to make a real impact and you think you deserve to be at a point where people take your content seriously, like who am I to say like, yeah, listen to me, I'm 21. I have to put in immense work and effort to actually deserve that. Like that's a huge ask. Like you can't be entitled and be like, Oh, I'm going to post once a day and people are just going to love me because I'm a cool guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have to, you have to put the work in and be in front of people on a daily basis to an, to an immense degree, to an annoying degree, because if you really want to have an influence and have an impact, you can't just rely on like, Oh, I'm a cool guy and I, I deserve it. Right? Like, no, you have to really, really put in that huge amount of effort. So that's kind of my focus right now. Yeah, that's awesome. And people don't understand the algorithm, right? If you, if you post five times in a day, it's not hitting those same people. So you have to hit that many posts just to get in front of more people there where it, I think we all get fearful. Like, I don't want to, you know, like have so many posts go out and just annoy people. Well, people aren't going to see it. It's just not going to be in front of them to the point that it's going to get there. So that's a, that's great work. We're doing the same thing. You just have to get out there and get your message out there because that's how really you can continue to build your brand. So have you thought about doing any kind of, you know, podcast, YouTube channel, or something else to really to expand your brand? Is that on the horizon? Yeah, I actually am starting a podcast. I had Chris Salerno on the episode uh, yesterday, nice. and I'm awesome. starting to edit those right now. I want to have like 10 ready to go so I can get ample reviews when they do go out and there's a yeah. decent of like content to search through. I've heard that that's the best strategy. Um, so I'm just compiling uh, guests and, you know, I'd love to have you on. I'm going to ask you on air. So it's hard for you to say no. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's right. I'd love but, to. Uh, That'd be awesome. Awesome. Yeah. But, uh, but that's, uh, that's kind of, um, that's kind of what I'm doing right now as a podcast. I'm thinking about doing a little YouTube video, um, cool. but I got to get a better camera set up and, and kind of get into that uh, arena. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Honestly, is for that, just get out there and do it. You're doing awesome, man. So super congrats on all your success right now for people in the meantime. Um, I don't know if you have the name of the podcast, they can search it out when it comes out here, but where's the best place to connect with you? Uh, best pay, best, uh, the best place is probably kylemarcott.com. I have a bunch of different resources on there. Um, and then my Instagram is kylemarcott9. Um, I have LinkedIn at kylemarcott and Facebook that are also um, pretty active. And then I also, the, the podcast is going to be Own Your Time um, by, with Kyle Marcott. So that's, that's also a great podcast as well. Hopefully it'll be out by the time this episode comes. That's awesome, man. Cool. Well, Kyle, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, Kyle and I, we actually connected on Instagram and LinkedIn. So, I mean, there's, there's ways to connect out there for everybody really just to get in front of people. It doesn't have to be the traditional any way. Like, let me get a referral. Let me find the email or let me cold call the person. You're right mm -hmm. in front of so many people. So Kyle, I appreciate you reaching out. Super excited. We had you on the show, man. Great story. Yeah. Thank you for having me on, man. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all the listeners. Again, Check us out on YouTube if you're here, listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called today, or Google Play. Always appreciate your time. We'll talk shortly. Bye now.